This is episode 361, Letting Go of Grief and Confusion with Amy. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's episode is juicy. There are two really, really huge topics that we cover in this episode. One is probably the hugest, and it's about abortion. Our caller today, Amy, is 25 plus years past when she chose to have an abortion as a teenage girl and has been triggered by everything going on with Roe versus Wade and just made everything very, very fresh for her. And so we talk about that. And it's a, another example of how grief doesn't really go away. It, it heals, it changes, it transmutes. But when our heart is open and we have a loss like that, especially a loss where we might be carrying shame or guilt, the grief does tend to linger. So we do some beautiful work on that today. And for any of you who have chosen at one point or another to have an abortion or just really had to, you know, it felt like you didn't have a choice based on your circumstances. I hope this episode brings you some comfort and I hope even more that you can let go of the shame and the guilt because truly shame and guilt, they really don't do anything productive for us. How can you transmute and transform that guilt into love? How can you love deeper? How can you serve? Again, not as a penance, not as a punishment, but that shame and guilt, that energy isn't serving you. And it's definitely not serving the unborn child. It's not serving anyone. And you might think that you have to keep it because you think you need to continue to punish yourself for making the choice that you made. But how much longer are you going to force yourself to suffer and really ask yourself, is this the most productive use of my energy? Can I be contributing more to my life, the life of others, if I free up a lot of this guilt and shame? So again, I hope my conversation with Amy helps you and maybe gives you some suggestions for how you can move forward. The other topic we get to is confusion. So much of what Amy wants to do in the world is close to her heart and she's so passionate about it, but she finds herself being confused, feeling stuck, putting a ton of pressure on herself, shooting all over herself. When it comes to actually getting clear about what the next step is, she's having difficulty. So as you're listening to this episode, consider, did you have an abortion at some point in your life and still carry around a lot of guilt and shame? Are you ready to let it go? Do you judge other women who may have made that choice? And are you willing to let go of that judgment? Do you suffer from confusion and lack of clarity and think, oh, if only I just had clarity, then I could take the next step. And finally, could you be doing too much personal development work? And is it actually working against you because it's triggering? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Amy. Before we dive into the call, I want to remind you that I'm hosting my signature retreat once again this October, first weekend in October in Austin, Texas. If you missed last week's Coach's Corner, Jill Esplin and I came on and talked about the retreat. I've had so many questions about the retreat. So many of you are curious about it. 
So we decided to do a podcast episode where we talk about why I host this retreat, what goes on there, who can really benefit from it, and so much more. So if you missed that Coach's Corner, go back and check it out. All right, and now on to my coaching call with Amy. Amy, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. It's so nice to be here with you. Mm. You are a huge role model for me and I've taken your inner child healing one and two. Oh, I love that course. I'm so glad you were able to do it. Mm. Yeah. Life changing. Mm. Um, Okay. So I'm here today for some deeper healing with my 16 year old inner child. I'm 45 years old Mm. and When I was 16, I had an abortion Mm. and getting emotional just talking about it. Yeah. That's okay. Um, You can let that emotion come. Yeah. So, so I had really stuffed that down deep and she never came up even in all the work I had done, you know, with a therapist before, but recently with the whole, you know, Roe versus Wade in the news, mm-hmm. I realized someone had asked me like my opinion on it. And I realized I was like avoiding it and like kind of just like a little hazy about it, which clued me off when usually when I'm confused, it means I'm triggered in some kind of a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I know your methods and I, I did, I did, I did a, a two chair method with that 16 year old and she did come up and yeah, mm. she had a lot to say and I didn't quite get stuck anywhere except maybe there's just one area of like when I did the process with her, it was like, I let her speak. I let her speak her truth. And like right now I'm feeling her like in my, in my chest area, which is usually where I feel this. Yeah. Yeah. And I let her speak her truth, which was like very much like I'm doomed. Like I'm murdering a child, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then with my Catholic upbringing kind of played a part in a lot of this I'm doomed. I'm, I'm creating a mortal sin. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, am I ever going to, you know, I'm definitely going to hell. And it was just one of those things where like it had to be done. And I was like, I guess I'm just going to hell. So I'm just never not going to like ever think of this ever again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I put it away somewhere really, really deep inside. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she came up the other day, um, you know, 28, nine years later. Yeah. And, you know, I did some work with her. And what did she need the most from you when you did that work? Mm. Yeah, she needed to be held. She needed to be told that she's not doomed. She needed, she needed someone at that time just to really be with her and like a healer, yeah. a healer and a lover. Like mm-hmm. she needed to be loved mm-hmm. and she needed healing. Yeah. That's what she needed was healing because it was just so traumatic. Um, yeah. Who was around at that time supporting you? Yeah. 
um, at that time, honestly, nobody. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, nobody. Yeah. I was in a very abusive childhood home and didn't have any support. And even my mom had found out and she like, we kind of got into an argument about it. I was extremely rebellious and it was like, I'm, I'm handling it. I'm taking care of it. Like, I just didn't even want her to know, but that's kind of how it always was. Like I never wanted her to know anything that was going on about me because I was always on my own. It was always Mm -hmm. my job to like take care of myself and fix things. And what about the father of the baby? Yeah. So interestingly, he doesn't even like come up, but I remember he's like my high school boyfriend and he's kind of like vague in the memory. He did Mm -hmm. not take me. I know that like, he didn't take me like, I think a girlfriend drove me to like Mm -hmm. the place and like they were picketing outside and Mm -hmm. like, he didn't even like take me. It was just like, okay, it's taken care of. Like I took care of it, you know? And then it was just like done. It was just Mm -hmm. like in my belly one day, gone the next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that emotion that came up, towards the beginning when you first were sharing with me, you could go back to that and name that emotion. What's present there? I would say shame. Mm -hmm. I would say like sinning. (laughs) I know it's not an emotion, but like, like I've sinned, like I've done something bad or wrong or, you know, like, And then like the thoughts, the thoughts are like, I just thought after that I was never going to be blessed with children. And I've been blessed with, interestingly, my first pregnancy was twins. Wow. (laughs) And, um, and then had a third, um, Mm -hmm. but always, always felt like I was never going to be able to have children that God was going to like punish me for that. Um, have you ever done the empty chair process with the soul of that baby? Oh, no, (laughs) no, I have not. Would you be willing to? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you can set up two chairs or you can just close your eyes and imagine it. Yeah. I actually do the two chair method with myself all the time. It works very well with me. Okay. Well, do you want to set up another chair then? Yeah, I have it. I'm sitting on a mat on the floor and I just go back and forth. Okay, great. So close your eyes if they're not already. And let's invite all parts of you, including that 16-year-old girl, into this conversation as well. She can just witness it. You can facilitate it, but she can just witness. So imagine she's sitting next to you. Okay. And then let's just call in the soul of that baby. That came in when you were 16. Yeah. And just tell me when you feel connected to that. Hmm. I'm not sure that I can feel the connection with that soul that baby Mm. feel the connection with my 16 year old Mm. Um, Mm. well try this why don't you just out loud invite 
that soul of that baby to come forward. If it's for the highest good for all of you, that you're open to a conversation, say it in whatever words that you want, keep your eyes closed and then just move over to the other spot and let's just see what happens. Okay. So right here and right now, if it's in service to my highest good, I call forward the soul of my baby from when I was 16 years old. Okay. I'm here. I'm here and yeah, it's hard for this to come through in this kind of a way for me. Mm. I'm really having trouble connecting with that soul, which is interesting because I'm very connected to this process, but it's usually me and me, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never done it with anybody else. Mm -hmm. This is a part of you. Oh, yeah. 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 And it may not come through and it may not work. And possibly there is a piece a piece of you had to really disconnect from this baby in order for you to have the abortion. Yeah. And that was what I was amazing at, disconnecting. Right. Emotionally. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're experiencing that now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you said it, when you said like, let's do the two chair, it just like the emotion came yeah. right up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. But then a protective part came in because what had to happen at the time is you had to disconnect from that soul. And part of what may facilitate the healing and the closure of this is to give yourself permission and give that 16 year old girl permission to feel the connection to that baby that she doesn't like she's allowed to feel it. She's allowed to actually grieve it because she never got Mm. to grieve it, you know, and having more children doesn't replace a child that we lost. Yeah. It's a beautiful blessing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I've been, okay, just letting that settle. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned the word grief, it really yeah. brought up the emotion again. Yeah. So, yeah. And I have been thinking about seeing a medium that's just been on my heart and my mind to connect with the soul of this mm-hmm. baby. So it's interesting when you said to do the two chair process because I just never thought of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you might need a medium or not. You might be able to do it. Might not be on this call today. We might have just started to open the door, but I think that what I want to say to that 16 year old girl is that it's, it's okay now for her to connect and that she's forgiven that she didn't commit a mortal sin, whatever she needs to hear, whatever the judgments are, because any of those judgments she's holding against herself, 
is preventing her from really being able to grieve it. And so you've got a 16-year-old there who went through a trauma, who had to just push it under the rug, couldn't connect. I mean, there's no way you could connect to that child because it would have been way too painful. And so you had to just suppress your emotions, get it done, and move on. Yep. And that's what I did. And it was yeah. just like another, any other day afterwards. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. doesn't that baby deserve more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was really looking at it from the stance of my inner child and I did all that beautiful, like forgiveness work yeah. with, with her. Yeah. But I had to, you know what, what came up for me when I did the work was that I was doing my best at the time. And, um, you know, really the, the way I reframed it was I actually released that soul back up to where it came Mm -hmm. from. Um, because I mean, if it would have been born, it would have been born into a disastrous situation and, yeah. An unsafe situation probably in a lot of ways. And that's very unsafe. And that's beautiful. And and again, you don't have to do it with me today because it might be better on your own since this process works well for you, but maybe it is a conversation between the 16-year-old and the baby. Yeah. And just really thanking that soul for coming in and and who knows, maybe it came back with your first pregnancy. Who knows? Like we don't know. But I think it's, it's your 16 year old never got to really be mothered or mother. And you've been, now you've been a mother, right? And I Mm. think it's going to be important for you to invite your 16 year old into that journey and also say to her, you know, I'm so glad that you got time to be a teenager and you had time to have a life and create the family you wanted versus being put in a situation where it would have been a disaster, right? But invite her into the experience now. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And let her like bring her, let her feel and see like her life now that she created. Yeah. 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 And let her feel the joy, right? She had to suppress her grief because you know, a coping mechanism of shutting down and just getting it done is, is a coping mechanism, but it doesn't mean the grief isn't there. I imagine it was very sad for her, even if she never got to feel that or give herself permission to feel that it's still a loss. And it's, it's also going into the clinic and the procedure and all of that. It's very traumatic and the picketers outside and it's a lot. It's a lot for basically a kid to go through 16 year old. You're still a kid. And so letting her grieve, giving her permission to talk to the baby and to say whatever she needs to say to that soul and grieve it and complete it and then invite her into the joy of motherhood now. Hmm. Okay. That sounds like a date for me (laughs) and my inner child. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so when you, when you tap into this whole situation now, what comes up for you? 
Oh, well, it, I feel so much lighter and I feel like I'm looking forward to that date with my inner child. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I feel like there's something on the other side of this that may, may be completely life changing for me. Mm. Um, that's kind of honestly how I feel. I love that. Yeah. How would you like your life to change? Oh, yeah. How would I like my life to change? Mm-hmm. Oh, I am pursuing my, my, my dream. I'm a new entrepreneur mm-hmm. and I would love to truly be able to magnetize those that I'm meant to help the most, mm-hmm. um, really dial it down and call it in. And if there was something to clear, it would, it would be for clarity, clarity, mm-hmm clarity because confusion, like I said, confusion was the thing that, that triggered me that I was triggered. And Mm -hmm. like, I tend to get murky and confused about like all of this, this whole journey that I'm on. Yeah. So Mona, my first coach used to teach me that confusion is being in the past and the present at the same time. And you hit it, Mm -hmm. you hit it on the head when you said, I, when I'm confused, I know I'm triggered because you're in the past and the present at the same time. And so and I'm guessing that the abortion wasn't the only trauma that you endured in your childhood. There was probably other things that happened because the ability to just shut down and move through was probably something you developed before you were 16. Yeah. That's yeah. spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of confusion thing is basically a messenger saying there's I'm, I'm subconsciously getting triggered very often and it's keeping me from moving forward. It's like, you, you, how could you walk if you had like one foot nailed down behind you, right? How could you move forward? And so, well, let me ask you this. What's the career you're pursuing? Life, life and confidence coaching. Oh, I love it. Hmm. And what makes you excited about that? Oh gosh, it's so exciting. It, it was my passion and my love since I was in my twenties, personal Mm. development, psychology, Mm. all of it. Mm. And just opening up in the pandemic too, because I've been a nurse for 23 years um, and just opening up in the pandemic too. What do I want to do for the rest of my life? And I was like this, I love this. I love personal Mm. development. I love tapping. I love energy work. Like I love it. And what if I could do this, you know, and make money and like serve and, Mm -hmm. and I just went to school and like, I'm doing it, but yeah. And what makes (laughs) you feel confused? What do you get confused about? The entrepreneurial process, um, just who am I helping? How am I creating community. Um, I want to be Christine Hassler when I grow up. How do I, (laughs) how do I be, you know, how do I, yeah, like I'm just putting one foot in front of the other. Um, but it's, it's a lot being this, you know, I thought I was just going to always be an employee my whole life, which is, you know, different than this. This is just a different experience altogether. And what are the beliefs or what's the story that comes up when you get confused? Oh, oh wow. 
you know what? It's, it's like, they're, they're all going to find out that I'm like full of shit and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That that's what comes up like, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. And it's like, they're all going to laugh at me or like they're something like that. Even though, even though I, you know, I, I'm very brave and courageous and like, you know, in a lot of ways and, and I am showing up, you know, on my social media and stuff like that, but it's kind of knocking me out a lot, you know, behind the scenes. Like when you said I'm getting triggered a lot subconsciously, I really, Mm -hmm. um, like I'm doing a ton of work, you know, I'm, I'm working every day on myself all day. It feels like, it feels like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like a lot. So what can happen is, so trauma is too much, too soon, too fast, right? And would you say there was too much, for lack of a better word, bad stuff going on in childhood? It was like a lot for you to process all at once. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. So what can happen is when we are working on ourselves too much, the same trauma bell can get triggered. Wow, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And even though personal development is good, to the nervous system, it feels like overload, too much input, too much to process. Mm. Because it doesn't matter wow. if I eat too much chocolate cake or too much broccoli. People would argue broccoli is better for you, except for people that don't that believe vegetables are toxic. <laughs> but most people would say <laughs> broccoli is probably better than chocolate cake. But if I eat too much broccoli, I'm going to have the same problem as I eat too much chocolate cake. I'm going to feel sick. So what may be helpful for you is to get a little bit more in tune of when it feels like it's too much, too much work on yourself, too much inquiry, like too much study, whatever it may be, and give yourself breaks and give yourself pauses and learn how to edge and kind of titrate how much input, how much you're processing at once. And give and make sure that you're balancing in fun and self care and things that don't trigger the the overwhelm overload button. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's interesting how you're sort of hitting the nail right on the head here because that is how it feels. Yeah. So I'm basically saying slow down to speed up. Yeah. And give yourself more space. And, and don't feel like you have to go through your entire life history with a fine tooth comb and process everything all at once in order to be a coach or in order to serve people or in order not to be a fraud. Because I can tell you right now and talking to you for a little over 20 minutes, you, you have so much integrity. You're doing the work. You take the work seriously. You're not in this for quick fixes. You're living it. Yeah. And 100%. Yeah. A percent. Mm-hmm. And that, that's integrity. But as you've yeah. probably heard me say, be your own best client and go, okay, I know confusion means I'm triggered in the past and the present too much. I'm probably in a little bit of overload. What does my inner child need right now? She needs some space. She needs some sleep. She needs some fun. She needs to feel like the pressure is not on her right now. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you say that, it's like, I think I'm doing that, but I don't know that I 
quite, um, because there's always this like little thing in the background buzzing, you know, like, what's saying that thing in the background? It's just like, you need to work harder. You need to do more. You need to get to the other side of these things Mm -hmm. and research things for your clients Mm -hmm. and create programs Mm -hmm. and decide who your perfect client is. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just like so much. And then it's like, Oh, you should be there by now. Like, why are you not there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Too much, too much, too much. Yeah. Yeah. So when that part comes up, you thank it, you know, it's just trying to protect you because distraction was one of your coping skills too. keeping yourself busy, having a lot going on. And give yourself space and time to just be present and go, what do I need? That's one of the biggest things in healing trauma is Mm. when we're in any kind of overload, pausing and going, what do I need in this moment? And it takes practice because sometimes we don't know. You know, it takes, it takes, sometimes it takes a second. And, but the better we get at that, the more we start to really be able to get out of that too much, too fast, too soon kind of response that we're used to. You're conditioned at operating in a more hyper-aroused nervous system because that feels familiar to you. So it's about pacing yourself, about pacing yourself. And I think that working with the 16-year-old tying it back, letting her have her grief, letting go of the shame, because I'm sure that's not the only thing in your life that you carry shame about. Because shame is what makes us feel not enough. So really looking at where are the places I'm still holding shame and how do I let that go? Mm. And I have found that the more clear I am inside myself, the more clarity I have about the external actions I want to take. But when you're in overload and overwhelm, you're not going to have clarity. You're just going to have confusion. Because remember, overload and overwhelm reminds you of the past. Then you're half here and you're half there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, yeah. Like epiphanizing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I'm going to move forward and let this all settle and yeah, make that date with my inner child and my baby soul and, um, Mm -hmm. and just really, really have faith that this is going to shift things for me. Um, yeah. Well, look at how much has already shifted in your life. And this is just Mm -hmm. the next step. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have beautiful, beautiful things to offer people. And, Mm -hmm. and my experience, it's been, and you've heard me say this, but I'll say it again. It's been my own inner work that has drawn to me the community and the people, because there's a resonance. And so just keep doing the work, but not in a way that, (laughs) not in a way that overwhelms, (laughs) right? Because remember, part of the work is enjoying life too. Okay. Got it. Thank you so much. Does this help? Yes. Yes. It it helps a lot. I prayed before we got on the call that, Mm. you know, he would bring through whatever needed to come through for my greatest good. And yeah, I wasn't expecting this to come through like this. So it's really, really helpful. 
So thank you, Amy, so much for bringing these topics forward. I'm sure a lot of our listeners, this really touched them and perhaps maybe even was a bit triggering, especially those of you who've ever had an abortion. And my hope is that some of the conversations Amy and I had and and just the way that she's holding it and moving through it and choosing to grieve it, maybe bring you some, some lightness, some peace, some clarity, a path in terms of how you can move through. And we did try the empty chair process with her talking to the soul of the baby. And it felt like maybe she just wasn't ready, quite ready for that. And, or it may not just, it may not come through. It may be actually complete. She may actually be farther in her grief than we know, or perhaps that soul came back as one of her children. And so it is complete. We don't know. There's so much in life we don't know. But when there's emotion there, we want to give ourselves the opportunity to move it through. And so that invitation to Amy and to any of you is there to have that conversation with the soul of the child who didn't come through, whether it didn't come through through abortion or through pregnancy loss, it's a loss and it's a grief. And there was a connection there. And so give yourself and that little soul the opportunity to connect Because like I said to Amy, because of the circumstances, because of the intensity, because of the choice she felt like she had to make, because bringing a child in would only add more chaos. She was a child herself and it was not a safe place for a baby to come in. And so as a protective mechanism, she had to not connect. She had to sever that connection and that can contribute to more grief and more guilt. So doing that empty chair process, or you can do it as a letter, or you can just take some quiet time, go within and see what comes through and connect. Give yourself permission to connect so that you can grieve, so that you can forgive, and so that you can let go and move on. And speaking of moving on, Amy's having a hard time doing that because she carries around a lot of confusion. And we talked about how Mona used to teach me that confusion is being in the past and the present at the same time. There's something you want to do, but there's something that's triggering you from the past. And so for Amy, there's a lot of self-worth things. There's a lot of not feeling like she can. There's a lot of the typical things that we see a lot of people, especially people pursuing a coaching career, run into. Oh, like, am I enough? And not feeling supported in her life as a girl doing things that she has judgments about, growing up in chaos, there's a sense of safety and confidence that's missing. And so she has this passion and she knows the part of her knows she can do it, but a part of her is still in the past. And so it's important. She brings herself fully into the present and continues to work with those younger parts of herself that may feel scared or shamed. The other thing that we talked about was that too much good work can be triggering as well. It can trigger trauma. So remember trauma is too much, too fast, too soon. And we can do too much of a good thing. Like I said, you can have too much broccoli or too much chocolate cake. We can argue that broccoli is better for you, but it can still make you sick if you eat too much of it. So if she you know, grew up in chaos, her nervous system was totally overloaded. And then she just does tons and tons of personal development work even though it's quote unquote good, it's the broccoli in this circumstance, it's still a lot. And so that's probably triggering her and she's having trouble moving forward. So I said to her, and I'm saying to all of you, slow down to speed up. Ask yourself, am I triggering myself too much? Am I actually triggering my trauma with too much personal development work? And do I need to slow down and give myself some space? 
So that's one of the things that I want to leave you with today. I love that you love personal development. Keep going, keep evolving. But do you also have that voice in your head that's telling you, do this, do this, do this. You got to do more, uncover this. And is that almost a trauma trigger? And give yourself permission to slow down, to speed up. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.